0: What do you do with two guys are standing here? One from Massachusetts, one from New York, and one's going to the ALCS, and the other guy's going home on the golf course. Well, let's talk about it right now. If we start WTBR Sports Talk right here, 89.7 WTBR. Let's go. Give us a call right now 413 445 4234. Hey!
1: Hey, You'll see us party.
0: You suck. Come on, baby. dig that crazy soul. Hey, man, how are we gonna do this? She'll let her
1: cabin cash goodbye.
0: Thank God. You can do it. got loot?
2: Be the thing that you want to. know it's is
0: outside. That's not bad. It's fall. It's alright.
1: Wie Party
0: Good morning, everybody. All right, very nice. Nice introduction there, Sean. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm on cloud nine this hey, morning. Oh, I'm I sure think. you are. I'm I'm, I'm on cloud. I'm um, below the clouds right now. I'm, I'm underneath the ground, so. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. Another edition of uh, WTBR Sports Talk 89.7 FM, 413-445-4234. Sean Cronin, yours truly, Robbie Zucker, hosting another Tuesday. Beautiful day outside, fall, and all the foliage. I'm really psyched. How's your weekend, brother? I know your night was good last night after we talked, and then your phone ran out of juice. Trying to call you to congratulate you. And my, my phone ran out of juice. I
1: couldn't find my charger. I ended up, it was in the truck this morning. But uh, thanks for calling and congratulating me anyway. It's, it's
0: very nice of a, of a Yankee fan to do that. I well, appreciate you. My friend. Well well done. I mean, well done. You know, um, let's talk about the game last night. Let's talk about Kevin Cash for a moment. I hate this guy, and I'm glad he's gone, even though obviously I'm not a Red Sox fan or Yankee fan. But I mean, this guy's the poster child for analytics. I mean, how ridiculous is this? He starts this guy with this guy, Magoo, whatever his name is, McGoff. And this guy pitches 18 pitches, and then he's taken out of the game by a guy who's on short rest. McClanahan, I think. was Right. And pitcher after pitcher after pitcher after pitcher pitcher of it. It's like there's another one's gone, and another one's on, and another one's on. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and I'm glad that Cash is gone because last year he took a guy out pitching a no-hitter in the World Series. Blake Snow. Yeah. Yeah. So who's gone, too, and Charlie Morton. So they did a great job, but you can't pitch three rookies and expect to win. And the Red Sox scored, what, 26 runs in three games? 26 runs in three games. 26 runs in three games. Unbelievable. So, are you walking Kike Hernandez last uh, last night? Are you walking him with the bases, loading the bases for Devers? What are you doing as a, uh, if you're playing manager last night, what are you doing?
1: That's that's a hard call. Those guys have both been on fire. But Kike went, what, seven for eight with four extra base hits at one point? And, I mean, Devers has been hurt with a bad wrist. But, he, I mean, I, it, I don't know.
0: I don't know what you do at that point. I mean, I would have walked him. I mean, obviously you get a... You know, you get a force out in every base, all right, and you're still going to play the infield in, obviously. But I think the point is, is that you don't pitch to a guy hitting 435. I'm sorry, just don't do that. It just makes no sense. Do not pitch to a guy that's that hot. Walk him, okay? Now I don't know if I don't know if look um, you know if the Rays had a left hander they could have brought in against Devers. Not that it really matters because Devers is hitting everybody right now. So I don't know if that's you know a decision they could have made. But, I mean, the pitcher after pitcher. And the other thing, too, is Cora really screwed this up, too. I mean, Erod's pitching a great game. He's got a 5-1 lead. He's done 73 pitches. And you and I have talked about this a million times, about guys just being taken out for no reason.
1: I he's, mean, he's done it with Evaldi. He's done it with, well, I mean, Sale. He pulled Sale the other night because he gave up five runs well, in the first thing. That, that I can understand. But right. it's it's these guys, both of these managers are the poster childs for analytics. And Cora just has happened to get away with it so far. He's happened to get away with it because they've advanced, but he's done it so many times in the regular season, like Tanner Houck. You know, right, he, right. he he gave five perfect innings and he pulls him. You know, and then and, then, and uh, he pitched him five innings the other night in relief of Chris Sale, and after the game, Corey goes, "Ha ha, I guess I made a, a good decision to pull him, huh? You know, that was a good decision on my part." And he started laughing about it and like mocking it. But it's it's the analytics. It it drives me out of my mind. What, whatever happened to the days where you'd let a pitcher throw 120 pitches? You know, I mean, you have one manager in baseball that still lets that happen. That's Dusty Baker. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, I yeah, mean, he was always right. accused of letting guys go too long. Well, he's the only one left that actually lets well, a guy Kapler, go
0: where he should go. Well, Kapler let Webb go the other night for eight innings. And last night, watching the Giants and the Dodgers, which was a really... Boring game, I have to say. Good defense, though. I mean, if you like defensive baseball, I'm look. I'll I'll t- I'll take I'll take on anybody about American League versus National League baseball. American League baseball is exciting. National League baseball, is like. I mean, it can, really
1: can, is. Can we get over the pitchers having
0: Oh, hit? my God. I mean, that's, can, can we get rid of that? Hitting 045 this season? Wow. It's three straight swings like the Gas House Gorillas. He's down in two seconds. I mean. And that's what drove
1: me crazy about the, 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 the season-ending series for the Red Sox. They have to go to Washington, and their pitchers have to hit in games 159, 160, 161, or whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. It's yeah, The last absolutely. three games of the season. It's like, why wouldn't they want to have divisional matchups for the last season uh, the last series of the season and but now you're making guys go pitchers have to go hit pitchers having to hit is boring it's old, it's dumb, it makes no sense. There needs to be a universal designated hitter in baseball. There well, really
0: does. Well, there does. Either that or the pitcher hits in both leagues. I mean, it's just ridiculous when a American League pitcher has to go and pit, you know, hit in a national league park. It's just absurd. I mean, they don't do it all year, you know? And it's it's boring. I'm sorry. You know, in the national league you can throw seven guys and then walk the eighth guy and pitch the pitcher. It's quite easy. In the American League you gotta throw to nine legitimate hitters. So so that's what it, you know, that's what's going on. But Hats off to the Red Sox. Excellent job at Chaim Bloom. Let's face it. He goes out and he acquires KK Hernandez. He goes out and he gets Whitlock right off the supplement. What do they call it, the five? Rule you know, the five rule, draft. rule yeah, five th- draft. thank
1: you again for him. Oh, We've by heard. the way. Yeah, thank Brooks you, Brian Cashman,
0: because I know Brooks Kritsky was really important to hang on to, right? Brooks Kritsky, who came on like tw- two times, I think this year was absolutely horrible. The guy was complete garbage. I mean,
1: I remember so, when. Uh, yeah. Um,. When uh, Whitlock came in in relief of Chris Sale after one of his uh, first starts of the year. And Chris Sale goes, really? There really are 40 men better on the Yankee roster than Garrett Whitlock?
0: By the way, speaking of Chris Sale, who was warming up last night? I told you that Chris Sale was going to pitch, right? If it was tied.
1: And Evaldi said he had an inning
0: in him. Of course. Yep. You got to win that night. You got to put that game away. But again, again, Cora manages a a game which, you know, you can think about this in in a way like, okay, here come the analytical nonsense, and he takes Erod out after 73 pitches, but last night you saw a bunt to move a runner over, and it worked. And you know, small ball is a good thing, especially when you have the opportunity to win in the ninth inning, and they did, they walked away. And and I have to take my hat off to Christian Vasquez. That was an outstanding piece of hitting. That ball was at his, I mean, literally at his feet. He gets the ball, he hits it, it goes into first base, and now you're set up to win the game. So, Hats off, man. That's all I can say. They had a forty-seven million dollar payroll decrease this year, and the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, he built the Tampa Bay Rays on basically a, a no budget, and now he has the opportunity to make the Red Sox even better next year with adding some pitching to their depth and adding some bullpen arms. You know, hats off, man. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, what's going to be interesting. And I hate Houston, so I don't care who wins the series because I'm rooting for the Giants to win the whole thing. So. Houston, Houston, now that the White Sox are
1: accusing them of stealing signs, you know, once you once you've been caught stealing signs you know that's going to follow you and I, I feel bad for dusty baker because he wasn't a part of that whole thing when it was uh you know when right, cora right, right. was you know the 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 bench coach who was the manager there
0: oh, aj aj, AJ he Hitch. Hitch. Yeah, yep. did a really good job actually with the tigers this year you the know the tigers yeah, they're, they're yeah. going to be a good team yeah they're getting there and they're getting there so But anyway, I wanted to talk about the Yankees for a moment. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Boone coming back. Look, I don't like Boone. Let's face it. I mean, when you're putting Albert Abreu in and not your $18 million closer in the biggest game of the season, okay, and not even green, I got a major problem with that. This is not about Boone, okay? This is about Brian Cashman. It's not Boone's fault, okay? That's not Boone's fault that LeMayo had a lousy year. It's not Boone's fault that Gary Sanchez stinks. It's not Boone's fault, okay, that Glaber stunk this season. It's not Boone's fault that Joey Gallo can't make contact. It's not Boone's fault that Brett Gardner hit two twenty, okay, and is 38 years old playing the outfield because Aaron Hicks can never stay healthy. That's not Boone's fault. All right, it's the fault of the guy, the architect of the team, Brian Cashman. That's it.
1: Who builds a roster with eight? basically eight right-handed hitters when you have the shortest right-field porch in baseball. I mean, Kyle Schwarber was sitting there in the free agent market. You could have signed him for $5 million. Well, I, want, I
0: wanted them to sign Schwarber in the offseason because I felt that they needed a left-handed DH. But Stanton got healthy. Judge played great. Those two guys were outstanding. Okay, But you take the rest of the team it was pure garbage. I mean, they did nothing. And then Cole, here's your you know, $340 million pitcher stinking it up and giving you two innings in the biggest game of the year, the playoff game. All right? And, I mean, Boone is the same micromanager that Core is. They, do, they all do this. Tony La Russa not as much, and Baker, not as much. But, I mean, they all do this micromanaging garbage. I'm telling you right now, Sean, if they don't get rid of the shifting next year, I'm not going to watch. I can't stand it. It doesn't look like baseball. It looks ridiculous. What's exciting about a ball going directly to a second baseman in the outfield? Okay? If, if Ozzie Smith, okay, played today tell Tommy Hurt to get the, you know, you were what on the other side of the base path, Okay? All right? You know, that's why you have, I said, again, I mentioned this, this is why you have a three-second violation in basketball. You have offsides in hockey. By the way, I'm really psyched tomorrow night, Rangers season. Tonight, the NHL opens, by the way. But, I mean, that's why you have an offsides in hockey. That's why you have a three-second violation. To keep the integrity of the game. You can't just have guys where the ball is going directly to him. It's boring. It takes away the motion. And actually watching a bunt last night, you know, done well, was good, and it helped them win the game. I mean, it's ridiculous. Go ahead.
1: You know, the argument people say, how how do you, uh, you know, enforce not having shift? Well, there's one easy solution. Two guys on each side of the second base bag. Right. And that's it. That's and, it. And, that, and, and, you know, you, you, want, you want young people to love and enjoy baseball, get rid of defensive shifts. People want to see offense. Right. People don't want to watch a bunch of one-nothing games. And you know, the shift, it just it kills offense. It just absolutely kills it and enforce it. Two guys, the third baseman plays third base, the shortstop plays right.
0: shortstop, second baseman plays second base. What a concept. What a concept. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these guys don't even want to hit against the shift. And I've, I've heard this from different people, you know, professionals and, and amateurs and people who've played Major League Baseball telling me, oh, well, you can't hit against the shift. It's too difficult. These guys throw too hard. This, you know, that's, that's BS. I'm sorry. I'm, Paul O'Neill talks about it all the time. He says you can hit against the shift, and you, but you have to be able to, to do it smartly, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't mean, you know, look, do, do I want Boone back? No. But Cashman to me is the culprit. I don't want Cashman back. Okay, when you have the highest payroll in baseball and you spend two hundred seven million dollars and you've regressed from two thousand seventeen, remember the baby bombers that came within what one game of going to the World Series against the Cheaters? Okay. Does
1: Cashman pretty much have a lifetime contract? Oh my
0: God, he's like part. I'm surprised the Steinbrenners don't adopt him.
1: And he's he's living on. He's hasn't won a championship in twelve years. And you know, I I don't care if you're the Royals or How about to one. But that's that's. That's not New York. How about just baseball. getting to one? I mean, if, Stein, if George Steinbrenner was still around, Cashman would not be around, and that's just
0: there, the. Some... <laughs> the Kansas City Royals have been in the World Series twice. The Texas Rangers have been in the World Series twice. How about just getting to one? Okay, so next year, this is what I want. I want Voigt gone. Okay, I want Gardner gone. I want Gallo gone. I want Sanchez gone. I want these guys gone. All right, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Four four five four two three four. We, we see a caller up there. We'll take it in a couple seconds because we're talking a little bit about baseball. But, yeah, I mean, I want these guys gone. I mean, but Cashman will never go. He'll have a lifetime. He has a lifetime supply to the polo grounds. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, do you think, you know, we, we got the collective bargaining. Lifetime collect- past bargain. the polo grounds. I'm quoting uh, Sweet Smell of Success. I mean, honestly, you know. We have the collective bargaining agreement coming up this right. year, oh, which boy. there
1: may be a work stoppage. But do you think there's going to be any language in these agreements with the shift Yes, the, I the, with, I
0: I, yes, I do. Yes, I do. The
1: three batter minimum for relievers and the runner yes. on second. But do you think? I mean,
0: well, the runner, the phantom runner has gone. The seven the that seven, has that has to go. Right. I mean, the seven inning oh, doubleheaders, That's, that's got to go. You know, if you're going to have a seven inning double double header, then you better give someone a ticket to fourteen innings. If you're going to pay hundreds of dollars for seven innings, I mean, that's a total rip off. It really is, especially
1: when there's you know you've already paid for the tickets to the game, and, it, and they reschedule it as a rain delayed you know a, a, a postponed double header. Like you said, somebody's paid for a nine-inning game, and they're getting seven innings. So You're basically, you're taking away money from
0: from a fan. Exactly. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do that, give them something. I don't care, free whatever, free beer. <laughs> There's a good name for a band. We always said, right, free beer. free beer. Free beer. Free beer. But I mean, exactly. Like, if you're gonna do this, I mean, at least give them something. I mean, but I just, it, I felt ridiculous. Like, I would go in and watch in the fourth inning, and I'd go realize that they're they're taking guys out in the fourth inning. I'm really wondering why because. It's a seven-inning game, and it's just, it's preposterous. I can't stand it. It's just, it's not baseball. It's just not, you know. I have friends of mine, like, I was talking to Ralph the other day. He says, didn't even watch the game. I'm next. I'm next for the bar in baseball. Because if they bring, I mean, how ridiculous did it look when Joey Gallo was up and you had people standing four guys in the outfield and you had a real estate development on the left side and it took him four times to go, uh, you know, possibly if I bunt the ball up that side. And Stanton is walking to third base because there's no third baseman. It, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. So it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I hate that, that statement, that sentiment. But seriously, I mean, they've got to just – I think Theo Epstein will be a huge – Influence on Rob Manfred, who I can't stand, but that's okay. But I think Theo will say, Look, if you want to bring motion back to the game, if you want to bring stolen bases back to the game, if you want young people to return to the game and watch baseball, bring best back for crying out loud. I and mean, it's they just said ridiculous.
1: That, they said that Theo Epstein uh, talked to the Mets about maybe being, you know, a GM position, and they said that it wasn't a fit. Why? They don't want to pay him?
0: No, they don't What's, want to give him part of the franchise. Want, is that what it was? Yeah. he, yeah, he wants to be he part wants, of the franchise. Well, he yeah. wants to be an owner now. You know I mean? This guy is, like, ridiculous. It's like, Theo, how much money do you need for crying out loud? And Steve Cohen, I mean, we'll talk about him sometime. It's like, Steve Cohen, here's a billionaire guy, buys the Mets. All the Mets fans are like, oh, we're so excited. We have a billionaire owner. Terrific. So what does he do? He goes, and gets goes James, on Twitter James and, rips McCann, right, and gets <laughs> James and has McCann. Sandy James McCann. James McCann for $40 million. Passes up an extra million dollars to get George Springer, so he signs with Toronto. And then... You know, it's just it's ridiculous. They're, I mean, They're
1: going to have a decision to make with uh, Noah Syndergaard in the offseason. Yes, I, mean, I, to,
0: I would not re-sign him. He's too injury-prone, and I would not re-sign Michael Conforto. Would you, just, give, would you
1: give either of them a qualifying offer? I would not give a qualified. I think, offer I think to, it's about up to twenty million dollars a year now. I know, would like not
0: bring. I am not bringing Michael Conforto back. Who Conforto decides, had a
1: terrible season.
0: Oh, he's terrible. First of all, can you actually hit the ball to the opposite way, Michael? Once in your life. I mean, pull the ball to second baseman every time. Who no. you,
1: would you rather have, James McCann or Christian Vasquez? I oh mean, my James, God, James McCann, ten million dollars a year to hit what two thirty? Christian Vasquez. It's not even close. He's got an option for not seven seven and close. a quarter
0: million this year. I hope the Red Sox pick it up. I love Christian Vasquez. One, he's a clutch hitter. Two, he's a decent defensive catcher. He has a decent arm, and he was so clutch. Let's go back to the Washington series. How big a hit that was when they beat the uh, Nationals the last weekend of the se- of the season, and they were gonna lose that game, and he gets a big clutch hit and drives in the guy is totally clutch.
1: In the game three the two run
0: home run yep. walk off. Abs- He's always been a clutch hitter. He's got a ever sweet swing. He's, I mean, that hit last night, I mean, the ball's basically at his toes. At his toes. Yep. yep. And he hits the— See, that's why— little, make, little Vladimir Guerrero wait. there going on. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, he's still, so, he's still Susan all the time. The, worst, the best bad ball hitter I ever saw in my life, right, was was Vladdy Guerrero. But that's the thing. It's like, if you make contact, you have a chance, you know? So anyway, let's go to our first caller. I see somebody there, but I, well, maybe not. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, good morning on WTBR Sports Talk. Who am I speaking with? Hello? All right, there you go. They're on now. Who am I talking with? Good morning.
3: Um, This is Sean's friend, the dog.
0: Oh, how you doing, Kevin? What's going on there? Nice to talk to you.
3: Morning, Kevin. Well, Rob, I wanted to call. uh, I'm not talking to the other guy. He he, he talks nonsense. Um, But I just wanted to offer my condolences that you have to sit through an hour with him. I can't <laughs> imagine what that's like. Hey, Kevin, I
1: got to say one thing too. When the Red Sox left Florida, the Yankees didn't. Well, they're still hanging. Me, um, they're still hanging uh, out on the uh, golf course uh, down there. So just, just, just throwing that out there. And you guys, uh, you lost in the wild card game. You have anything else to say there, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I do.
3: You know? Do you know when the shifts? Do you know when shifting started in baseball?
0: Yeah, when Ted Williams played, I know, I, I know, I get it, I get it. Okay.
3: And my thing is that my thing is that I don't think you ban the shift. It's it's a lot simpler than that. It it's too hard to enforce.
0: Why is that? You just
3: teach the hit. You just teach the hitters how to hit against it. To hit against it. Are you
0: kidding me? They never do. And if they do, you get one out of you know what, hundred guys oh. that attempts to do that. Forget it. You got to get or, rid of it. Okay. Or
3: or you bring up or you bring up the possibility of the bunt because. You never know when somebody They don't know how to bunt. It. I could teach a
0: ten-year-old how to bunt right now before I teach a major league baseball. You're talking about people that never learn how to do this from the time they're in the minors. They don't even do it. Okay, they're not even taught to do this, and they get up and they start well, that's pushing. Where the fa- that's
1: where the fault is. Before the before the other night when the Red Sox bunted, uh, they had a, a replacement, basically a replacement player, Jonathan Arauz, came up and they, he tried to bunt to move the runners over. He badly missed two bunts. O2 count. What does he do? He deposits a three-run homer into the seats on O2 pitch. It's think, it, nobody the, know, the art of bunting, the skill of bunting it has completely gone away. You don't want to see guys bunt anymore. It doesn't happen. Guys would rather pad their stats than bunt. Yeah, and that's well, why that's a, why nobody wants to hit against the shift and go the other way because they're not going to get the home runs, they're not going to get the extra base hits. It goes away. See, and
3: this is this is where This goes back to what you were saying earlier about the analytics part. Analytics is taking over baseball. Now, I believe that analytics has a place in baseball.
0: It's called advanced scouting. It's been going going on forever.
3: But not for the fans. Right. I don't care what a launch angle is or a spin rate is. I just want to know that my guy... Or my team can score more runs than your team.
1: So you're not a you're and not, that's a, you're, what not a, it
3: comes you're not you're
1: you're not a stack cast fan then. You don't want to know the the, uh, the uh, miles per hour the ball left the bat. Out of, don't know. care. Uh, I don't either. I want to know I, a guy, really I want to know a guys care. I want to know a guys' earned run average. I want to know his batting average. I want to know the home runs, the RBIs, the doubles. I want to know the old school stats. And I think you're the same way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's because you know you appreciate what when, when you were taught the game you were taught the fundamentals and i get i get that the more spin you, you know the bigger the break i totally get that but i i don't think john q public needs to know about it Agreed. and you know <laughs> you know who started you know that bill james started the re, the analytics revolution right. right bill james
1: the bill james handbook yep hear it every year oh yeah
3: yeah, we, we know, you know. We know. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you know who he worked for? The Red Sox. Yeah. Yep. yep.
1: He was in their front office for a long time. Yep.
3: Yeah, and I think that goes. I think that goes back to Theo too. You know, because I think that Theo's an analytics based manager, but you got, you know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but you just got to know how to use it.
0: And yeah, but after a while it it's, ridi- it's ridiculous. Though after a while it's it's cut away all the beautiful things about baseball—the motion, the speed. I love stolen bases, and you don't see it enough. I love stolen bases. I mean, I grew up oh, with Lou Brock and Ricky Henderson and all these guys that stole bases when I was a kid, and it's, you don't see it enough. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, hey Kevin,
3: you know, yes, sir.
1: I just heard. Uh, I just saw an, an, uh, a headline on ESPN. That said the I Yankees. I know where you are... live. Be very
3: careful what you
1: say. Well, I just wanted your opinion on something. They said the Yankees oh. are very seriously considering bringing back Aaron Boone. How do you feel about that?
3: Um. You know, honestly, I don't blame him.
0: Of course not. I just. I just went through a rant saying it's not his fault.
3: No, he had to. He had to. He was given the pieces to use. Right, and the pieces are horrible. And okay. they're going to
1: they're gonna bring him back because he's cheap. They don't have to pay him very much.
3: Well, not, I, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not, but you've got to remember this. He, I mean, between the injuries and the COVID and everything else, he did the best of what he can. He, he, you know, Agreed, agreed, a weird... agreed.
1: At one point when the COVID hit, and I listen to uh, Adam Schein all the time on Sirius XM yeah, Radio, Shane. and uh, he was, he's a diehard Yankee fan, and he goes, I don't know who the heck any of these guys are, but they're winning ball ballgames. <laughs> you know? cool. so,
0: like the Giants. Who, who's on the Giants? I watched the San Francisco Giants last night. I can't remember half the, half the people on the damn team for crying out loud. So.
3: Well, you know, and I think um, with uh, um, I'm bringing him back, that's fine, but who do you who do you put in this place? Who would you make the inky manager?
0: Well, I would, I would hire Carlos Beltrano because I think he's got a little fire in him, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they hire as long as Cashman is GM because he's going to hire a puppet. He's going to hire a guy he can control. He's going to uh, hire a guy that's going to go to the analytics department and say, oh, this guy's batting here and this guy's batting today. I mean, it's, you know, I'd like to have an interview with the computer. You know, I, I remember Mike Kay saying that one day on his show about interviewing the computer that makes the lineup. I mean, it's gotten out of hand. Honestly, you're not going to get Buck Showalter and you're not going to get Bruce Bochy. You're not going to get an old-time manager that's going to do things by the seat of their pants and is going to do things the way they want to do it. And that's what managers used to do. I mean, can you imagine Leon Rose telling, you know, Tom Tom Thibodeau what to do on the sideline when the Knicks call a timeout? It's ridiculous. I want a manager with full autonomy. You're not going to see it anymore, Kevin. It's not. It doesn't exist in baseball anymore, except for maybe a guy like Tony LaRusso. And that's about it.
1: They should hire Kevin Larkin or to be maybe, the next manager of the uh, New York Yankees. Or
0: maybe, or no, maybe Dusty Baker. I'll tell you who they
1: should hire. I'll tell you
3: who uh, I'll tell you who they should hire. Okay, who? two guys. Two guys. Okay. Joe Girardi. He's not. He's in Philly. He's on the hot
0: seat. Well, he has a year Joe left Girardi. on his contract, correct? They brought him back. in twenty twenty two. He's not, coming, they, he's they, not they, coming back. He's not going to come back because he's not going to deal with Cashman's you know control. Okay, it's not happening.
3: You know, and I think a lot of this is a mute point, too, Rob and, and Sean, because who knows what's going to happen with the collective bargaining thing. Correct. I don't think you're going to see teams make a lot of big moves.
1: Do you think there's going to be a work that'll... stoppage, Kevin?
3: Absolutely. I yeah, do
1: too. I yeah, absolutely think well. Which, which is bad. It's going to be really bad for the game if you that can't happens. Break bad for the, the brand. It's going to be really bad
3: you if that happens. You
0: can't break the union. That's the problem. You just can't break the union. So, anyway, man, I got a word well, for a message, but. Uh... Thanks for calling, man. Don't worry. All like, right. Keep well,
3: the- listen, I, before, before you hang up on me, Sean, I just want you to know that my mother is very mad at you.
1: <laughs> well, why is that? Because I haven't taken her to Friendly's for ice cream yet?
3: No, because you didn't wish her a happy birthday. She is some kind of pissed. I've I told you,
1: I, when you said it was your mother's birthday yesterday, I said, make sure you wish her a happy birthday for me.
3: She doesn't so, like you anymore.
1: So if you didn't, that's on you. That's not on me, pal. No, right, no, man. no,
3: no, 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 no. I'm not your little messenger boy.
1: Okay. We'll catch you later. Do we have a call drop All button? right. Bye-bye.
0: You guys take care. All right, that's Kevin checking in. Fellow Yankee fan, anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a timeout for this uh, break and tell you some good messages right on here on uh, WTBR 89.7. Give us a call, 413-445-4234. We'll be back right after this message.
2: like hard rock and heavy metal music oh, yeah! well then join me here Friday nights from 8 to 10 for Wounded Radio every Friday night I play two hours of the best music on the planet from ACDC to ZZ Top and everything in between this is gonna be cool want to hear a song on Wounded Radio request it on the Wounded Radio Facebook page and join me here Friday nights at 8 for Wounded Radio yeah hello Phil Tierney here the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8, and if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word, jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening.
3: Larry Krapke here from nothing but old 45's inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTVR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. Sweet Country Music. W T B
0: R F L, fl It's field. Sing it! <laughs> yeah! Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here in beautiful downtown Pittsburgh. Gorgeous day. I'm just looking out the studio window. Robbie Zucker, Sean Cronin here. We got a caller on the air, so let's go to our caller. All right, you're on WTBR 89.7. Who am I speaking with? Hello, caller. Hello? Hello? Nobody there. Robbie,
4: what's happening? What's happening, Sean? What's up, Ralph? How you doing, buddy? Hey, Ralph, how's it
0: going? Great show the other day, by the way, my friend.
4: Dom, glad you enjoyed it. Glad I did. you enjoyed it. A little heavy, a little heavy, but you know, yeah. you, you know the state of the world. We have to oh, uh, I know. get into these things sometimes.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, Michael, um, what's it called, the, the Michael Frank stuff. So I'm definitely going to pick up some of those CDs, man, the real nice stuff. So.
4: Well, I'm like I'm like his biggest fan. I have everything he ever made. And people say to me, they say, Where, where'd you get this guy from? And I, I don't know. I, I got hooked. I have no idea why. But listen, I, I was listening to what you were talking about before. About this state of affairs in baseball, you know, you're kind of banging that head against the wall right now because this this thing is beyond the horse is out of the barn. That's beyond the point of no return. (laughs) You're never going back to Joe Morgan stealing second base and uh, going first to third on a base hit to right field. You're just not going to. It just doesn't happen anymore. Unfortunately, this is not the game that I grew up with. Sean and, and Robbie, especially I mean, no when Rizzo
1: is batting off. It
4: going
1: back. Ga- gone are the days of Dave Roberts stealing second base against oh, geez. the Yankees. Oh don't even remind me about that. Sorry, I
0: had to rub it in a little bit. You know, I'm still <laughs> I'm still on a
1: cloud nine today with the Red Sox
4: advancing.
0: You know, 86 years is a short period of time. Of course, you're going to win one once in a while. You know, uh, I,
4: was there, I was there. I was there in as 1918. As far as Red I mean. Sox, um, the whole series with the the one game play in with the Yankees. How silly is it to have 162? game marathon for it to come down to one game do or die and then they kind of put so much stock in that one game as if one game is some kind of a barometer as to who's the better team anybody can win on any given day in one game it's not a true barometer of what of getting the best team It's, it's absurd to do it that way but i guess you know, it, you know, in reference to time, that's all they can do. I assume.
1: Could you imagine if the 106 win Dodgers had lost the one game playing? What a disaster! That's why it's so w- unfair, Charles. W- it would have been a I mean, disaster.
4: It's been so unfair. And totally unfair. There has to be a way to do this better to actually get that b- best team, uh, you know, to advance. There now, has to be. Best something two out of three would be the right, and, and, the right and, solution. And,
1: and, yeah. and, and why does you know? Uh, it used to be there was one wild card team, and they played the team with the best record. So the Dodgers won the 106 win Dodgers. What do they get to win? They get to play the 107 win Giants. It's just it's it's totally
4: not fair. Baseball. Well, you're, it's talking just, it's, econo- you're talking economics, and you're talking about a money making bonanza for these guys.
0: Very true. The last night I watched the Dodgers Giants game, and the Giants had three hits and one run. Evan Lagoria hits a home run, and Scherzer gives you seven innings and what three hits. And no runs for the Dodgers. This is the second time the Dodgers have been shut out in this playoff. And now the pressure is really on them tonight to win and go back to San Francisco. The Giants are a remarkable story. They really are. I mean, you can't name, you know, three-quarters of the guys that are on this team. And there's a few former New York guys. I mean, there's, there's Wilbur Flores who played for the Mets. And there's Tyro Strada who played for the Yankees and was a farmhand. So, but it's amazing. They went out and got these no-name guys. And it's amazing.
1: Mike Yastrzemski. Ama-
0: Right? and then Gabe Kapler, who was horrible in Philadelphia, horrible. comes horrible and comes to the uh, San Francisco Giants. Is like this phrase: "This is an amazing manager now." And they're they're analytical crazy on this team. Believe me, they are. But you know what? It's all about hitting the ball, and making plays. And last night, I mean. Brandon Crawford has had an unbelievable year. One of my favorite players in the league, and he had a tremendous catch last night. Mookie Betts thinks that he's got a base hit. I thought it was a base hit, and Crawford, you know, flies up and you know, in shortstop, and makes this amazing catch. And next thing you know, the the Giants win the game one nothing. So, yeah. all right
4: Robbie, shades of Joe Torre with uh, Kapler there because Torre was a, a dunce with the Mets. He turns around with wins right, World Series right. after World Series Clueless, with the Yankees. Right,
0: remember the article, Clueless Joe. As soon as he was hired by the Yankees, the, the you know that Tori used to wa- Tori
4: used to walk out to the mound with the hands in the back pocket. It was like a like a goofball. And now now suddenly, when he went to the uh, the World, you know, when he had the horses, suddenly he becomes a genius. That's the way it works.
0: Amazing, just it blows my mind when they played. When they had that in the front page of the post and it said Clueless Joe on it. And next thing you know, the guys went in four out of five World Series. And really, they could have won f- f- you know, four in a row if it wasn't for Mariano throwing the ball away. I and mean, they would have beat Arizona. No, no, can, so.
4: I, can I open up a, a controversial topic with the two of you? Yeah, without absolutely. you? Is um, th- thinking I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> no, not the, at um, all. The, 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 Gruden, the Gruden situation where he's, he's resigned because of uh, comments made ten years ago. Guys, ten years ago. And the comments were very untoward. If you heard what he had to say, you'd, you'd probably say, well, good riddance. But, I mean, are we going to go back 10 years? And is a guy going to have to do penance for what he did a decade ago? Is that, that's the question in my mind. What, what are your guys' takes on, take on that?
1: Well, one of my favorite uh, newscasters has said for a while now, uh, it's time to cancel cancel culture. Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone in their life has made a mistake. No one is perfect. No one is innocent. I am. And we're talking except for Robbie. Robbie is yes. <laughs> uh, I'm imperfect. But, but but everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, what the, 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 the commentary John Gruden made, the emails that he sent were terrible, terrible things that he said, but it's again ten years ago.
4: And Well you know, I, Sean, when you when you talk about now I read what he said. And some of the things are terrible. I mean, as you said, terrible. But again, you know, 10 years, a person can change. He can. I mean, we're in different times. You know, 10 years makes a huge difference. We're talking about the cancel culture, the uh, Me Too movement, everything else. We're in far different times. But now, you know, there is no way for him to recover from such comments, whether it be 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This is the, the world we're in right now, Sean.
1: You're never going to hear from John Gruden again, and, and take that as you will. But that's, his, his career is over, ruined.
4: And here's a guy who's a tremendous football coach. You can say what you want to say about the guy. The guy, the guy can coach uh, the game of football, and he's gone forever. Because, you know, tell, tell the truth now. If you're, if you're working in a, a different line of work, you're, you're a shoe salesman. Uh, and you're and you're about to and you make uh comments, you know, the guy fires you. You can go get another job in another shoe store. It's not, it's not exactly the same situation with a football coach.
1: See, I and I I'm going to say this because like you said Ralph, this is a very controversial subject. Um I don't agree with anything John Gruden said, but who is who is the clown that had these emails and tapes and said, "Oh, this is the week I'm going to decide to ruin John Gruden's life."
4: Well, I will tell you, many in my field have been ruined for things they did innocuously and many years ago. Uh, I can go toward Charlie... Uh, can, I can mention Charlie Rose, um, so many guys. The, the Tavis Smiley. The, these guys were established guys who saw their careers go up in smoke in a matter of a week. What did Tavis do? What
0: did Tavis do? Because I know what Rose. What happened to Rose, but I, don't, I
4: remember. Well, that. Tavis Smiley was... Um, making untoward remarks to an intern supposedly okay. but this is one woman's account of what happened you know there are two sides to every story of course. he didn't deny it but he didn't um agree that it was so terrible but yet he had to step down and i enjoyed his program and he seemed uh, seemed like a good guy to me you know how you can actually judge a guy's character on camera sometimes he seemed he seems fine to me but he's gone i never heard hide nor hair of him since that's it he's gone
1: how does Urban Meyer still have a job
4: well there, you know in some situations, whether it be uh you know through a school that you know sees past all this stuff every situation is different, but the hypocrisy is is huge Sean.
1: I mean they said that they are they're, they're basically laughing him out of meetings and then and, and 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 he and he you know when he went to you know when they flew home he didn't fly home with the team and I was listening to uh uh the, the, the ex-head coach of the Colts, I can't remember his name, Chuck, uh, I can't remember his name, but he said in 37 years as an NFL coach, he never saw one time where the head coach didn't fly home with the team. It's just Urban Meyer, he continues to get away with things, from the ab- the abuse scandals of his, of his assistant coach at Ohio State to the, this incident at the bar, but John Gruden gets canceled.
4: I, I just... Well, they've set up an iron guard around a guy like my. They, they've actually made it so they know what he's going to say, they know his MO, so they kind of set it up for him to say what he wants to say and still maintain his job. But Gruden was expendable, so he's gone. But there are many times when a guy is ensconced in a position where you know he's immovable and they protect him where others they don't, as in Gruden's case.
1: I just, I just, I think Urban Meyer is a creep.
0: Yeah, he is, and he's not doing a too good job, job in Jacksonville. Not that they have a hell of a lot of talent, but uh, Trevor Lawrence
1: has lost more games in the first five weeks of his NFL career than he lost his whole high school right, and I was collegiate say career. So. Combined,
4: yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah so. And you know, and you know, Robbie. Did you know what a football coach used to get away with in my in my day? What they used to do to me? No, no. When right. I, I mean, they. If I ever told my parents what they actually did to me at practice, I'm not saying it's right. I think it's Neanderthal to do things like that. But they, that coach used to treat me like dirt. Maybe he treat, treated me better because I was the star player, and I got right. the least of it. He used to beat the hell out. I mean, they were. This is physical abuse, and then we'd go home, keep our mouths shut we'd also have a concussion in the first half and go out there in the second half you know, they'd raise up two fingers and ask, "How many fingers you got up there, Romeo?" And I, I mean, do I have up there, Romeo? I'd say two, and they'd say, "Go back in there." Did you? It was yeah. a different. It was a different world. But now we've gone in the other direction in such extreme way that it's become ridiculous. Did you see really.
0: what? Did you see what Joe Judge? Speaking of, of NFL, did you see what Joe Judge did too? like like what Tony did on, you know, on the field was a good punching a guy in the helmet. I mean, it's stupid not only because it's going to get you kicked out of the game, but obviously you're going to break your hand possibly. But I mean, he got pushed down like a rag doll, and Tony got up. and He was great for the Giants. He was the best player on the field for the Giants this weekend. But do you see what, what – uh, there's a lot of MFs going off the field with Judge looking at him. You don't do that to your player on the field. You take him aside at the end of the game, and you talk to him in the locker room. And I just thought Joe Judge made a bad uh, decision. Wait, you know, Robbie, there. Yeah.
4: Judge is doing what he's doing with virtually no resume. You know, if you're if you're established, you can get away with murder, as is you know Belichick comes to right, right, mind. Right, right. But with, with uh, you know he's he's behaving erratically and he has no resume. I, I can't give him much slack.
0: How about the Giant defense? Boy, do they stink. I'll tell you. They were so good last year. And you know what's interesting, though? A lot of these games were played in empty stadiums. It's a lot easier to be a good defense in an empty stadium than it is in Seattle when you have 80,000 fans screaming and yelling. I think that uh, the Giants have regressed. Dave Gettleman has put together a, a team that is just completely overrated. And like... The game's one of the trenches. I've said that a million times. Yeah, right? It's not even Garrett's fault. This is about execution yesterday, about executing plays. So Jones is hurt now. Barkley's hurt now. And then yesterday, Kenny Galladay goes out with a with a knee injury. I mean, it's like an injury list. It's like the MASH squad, for crying out loud. I'm telling you, though. But this is all about John Gruden. Oh, it's not John Gruden. John Mara hiring Yeah right, John. We got into the Gruden thing. John Mara hiring Dave Gettleman, and this is all about John Mara because the Giants have had a lousy defensive line not for four years, but for ten years. Did I
1: see that Mike Glennon is the backup?
0: Ralph, I want to know if they're going to fly a plane over the stadium like they did in the '70s and say ten years of lousy football. Remember that?
4: (laughs) I I used to sit at Yankee Stadium. Me too. Uh, Why? Why? Believe it or not, back in the old days, you know, I'm that old. Yeah, me too. And I used to watch (laughs) Fran Tarkenton do his thing in the Giants uniform, but. I, I do. Re, I do remember the Giant Stadium um, over there in the Meadowlands having such a feel, which they don't have. They knocked down the old stadium for no good reason. They put up a no-frill stadium. It's like you're in a morgue over there, and it's it's not the same atmosphere. But that's you know neither here nor there. I'm going to, you know, by the way, you're making my wife a a sports fan. She's on, she's listening in the other room right now (laughs) with a big smile on her face. And she doesn't know the difference between a hockey puck and a football. And she's really, she's really doing well, though, because of you guys. Well,
0: I'm wearing my 1994 Rangers championship shirt here. And uh, tomorrow night starts for hockey. You know me, Ralph. That's my favorite sport. Those are great guys. Those are the best guys in sports. The best guys in sports. Absolutely. The
4: best. Yeah, they are. I'm going to let the other callers give you a yeah, ring. you a ring. All right, brother. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay, I'll talk Sean, to you week. Okay, okay, Robbie. Thanks, you take it. Thanks, okay. Ralph. Okay, Good talk got, to okay. you, man. Okay, okay. buddy.
0: bye. Got, bye. So it's Ralph checking in there. So let's talk a little bit of NFL while we have a chance here. Uh, your Patriots were down t- what twenty-two to nine? Was that what it was? That's the- what it was. Okay, and they came back twenty-five twenty-two. So because Belichick finds a way, you know that, and he's doing a really good job actually. I think with a team of uh, players that uh, you know that they expected more from but uh, haven't maybe given them everything they've wanted to do, but, I mean, a young quarterback. And right now, you know, I told you when the draft came out, I told you that Mac Jones would be the best guy to come out of this draft, and so far he's been
1: great. He's the most polished, no doubt about that. And, you know, to complete 70% of his passes through four of the first five games, and this past Sunday he was missing four starting offensive linemen. There you go. And they still couldn't establish the run. So they, they put so much on this kid's shoulders, and he's just been, I mean, Basically flawless. I mean, he's the numbers don't really show. I mean, he's thrown five touchdowns and five interceptions, but that's still pretty good, though. it's, It's still. You know what? They're two and three. They got a big game coming up against Dallas this weekend. I don't see them beating Dallas. Dallas is just on another level right it's now. Is it
0: home? See, see, okay, I'm gonna talk about the it's Dallas at, Cowboys. It is
1: I do believe it's at home. Okay,
0: I don't think they're on another level. Look at their schedule. Now, besides beating the Chargers, who were fantastic, even though they gave them forty-two points, and I was glad they won, because that's my other team, and they're four and one for the first time, and Coach Daly's done a great job. But I mean, here's the thing: the Dallas Cowboys have beaten Philadelphia. Carolina, the Giants, and San Diego, okay? And, and the, to me, the Chargers did not play a good game. And they could have won that game that day. They really could have. They have not played a difficult schedule. So they're playing in New England, Correct. Yes, I believe so. Okay, I give the Patriots a huge chance because this is what the Patriots are going to do. They are going to run the ball. They are going to use two tight end sets, and they are going to run, and I think they have an opportunity. Now, here's the problem. They haven't been good stopping the run the whole time, so that's going to be the biggest key, and I said this the other day about Dak Prescott. If you put Prescott in situations that are third and long, you're gonna you're gonna win. Stop the run, and you stop Prescott. I think Prescott's played well, but look at the defense he's played against. Philly's defense stinks. The Giants' defense stinks. Carolina lost to Philadelphia the other day. So I'm sorry when they beat a good team. Now they beat, like I said, they beat the Chargers. I think that was on Week One, okay, or Week Two. When they beat a good team that's established, then I'll consider them a contender. Okay, they play in a Mickey Mouse division with three teams that can't can't even, you know. Play s- smart winning football. Okay? The, the NFC least. Yeah, the NFC. Right. And, we have the yeah. NFC. and isn't it interesting that Brady now plays in a Mickey Mouse division? Now, I'm not going to call the, the New Orleans Saints Mickey Mouse, but they've certainly regressed even though. Okay. But now Brady gets to play in a division with Carolina. Okay. And he gets to play in a division with, with the teams that aren't as good. I mean, that's, I'm sorry. I mean, that's can, any, you know. Speaking
1: of Carolina, can yeah. I bring up s- Stefan Gilmore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patriots released him. I heard. I heard. And then they said they had until 4 o'clock to trade him. And they said that Tampa Bay was the main team interested in acquiring. So what does Belichick do? He trades him to the Panthers for a sixth round pick. So now, that's all they got was a sixth round pick. All they got was a sixth round pick. So they they, they lost Brady and and Gronk for nothing. And they lose Gilmore for nothing. Nothing. I mean, a, a six-pound pick is nothing. I mean, and so not only does he not go play for Tampa, now he has to face Brady twice. That's all that you get for that's, him? That's just Belichick, though. I think that's just him going, nope, you don't want to be here? We're going to trade you into Brady's division, not to
0: Brady's team. But why only a six-round pick for a guy who's an all-pro? I don't understand it. And
1: this is the thing, too. There was a contract dispute with Gilmore and the Patriots. He wanted an extension. He wanted more money. And he gets traded to Carolina, and he says, "Ah, I don't need an extension. I don't need the money. I'll play on the current contract I'm on. So I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But you're right. It is a Mickey Mouse division. The Saints are no good.
0: Yeah, the Saints are not that good. I mean, the Saints are going to score points. Obviously, they don't have a Michael Thomas. It's not as explosive. They're using you Kamara know, for a lot of runs, and that's fine. And, and, and
1: Jameis Winston. Right. Uh, he's he's going to throw... Two touchdowns and two picks every game. Exactly. That's, that's what he exactly.
0: does. Right. So, so, Bram, I and Br- I mean, I watch, and Miami's bad. I mean, I watched that game, and every time they got the ball, Brady down the field, I mean, the man's uniform is never dirty. And and you go back and you harken back to the two Super Bowls, okay, that the Giants won. It's remarkable that we beat those guys. When they held that team to 14 points, you know why? Because they had a front four that knocked Brady on his rear end, and that's what you have to do. If you want to beat Brady, you got to knock him down, and the Giants did. And it's still, you know what? Nothing can take that away from me a giant fan ever so when i hear patriot fans talk about brady i go we beat you once we beat you twice you know so as, as michael strahan said we stomped you
1: yeah somebody likes living in
0: the past i'm not sure who that wait is a but, second, uh, <laughs> 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 well, wait a second come on grab Come on,
1: no i can't say anything about the giants 18 and 1 there you go pal yeah, 18 and 1. Yeah. And you know what? And I always look back at that game, 18 and 1. And you know, Eli Manning and the Giants, they come out, they're loose, they're they're just relaxed, they're having fun. The Patriots come out, they're all buttoned up and Eli goes up to shake Brady's hand, Brady blew him off. Yeah, and uh, it just—you could just tell the difference—and
0: you know those games both broke my heart. Look, I understand Brady's great, but I'm so sick of him. I can't take it anymore. Could well, guess, please, well, guess Tom, what? Tom, could you please retire, please? Well, guess what? He said he's going to play till he's fifty. Oh, how do you please. feel about that? I, I I'm really, what you, George Blanda? Please, enough already. Uh, I can't take it anymore. I, I
1: was listening—I was listening to Brett Favre on the radio the other day. I mean, and Brett he,
0: Favre, and he
1: was saying that with the with the weapons Brady has, and basically how you can't touch quarterbacks anymore. Correct. I mean, he, he, even like if if, if you wipe. Their jersey with your index finger—it's it's a penalty, you know, roughing the passer. Brady could play until he's fifty if he wants. I mean, you, you can't touch these guys anymore. So it's—I'm it, with you. I, I have Brady fatigue. I'm sick of
0: him. <laughs> I, I loved him for twenty years. That's a Patriot fan saying his Brady fatigue, folks. I, it out there. So. I rooted for him last year. I did, but I'm just—I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of sick of it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm tired of it. And the thing is, though, he, it's interesting, though. When he was with the Patriots, he said to the organization, You got to put some weapons around me. Finally, he goes to Tampa Bay, the perfect place for him. And they had Brown and they had Evans and all these other people. And then, well, Evans was with them, but they had Brown. And they had, and Leonard Fournette has been fantastic for them. Let's face it, I mean, this guy's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he gets like five or six yards of carries. I mean, he can't bring the guy down. And they got Chris Godwin. They got Godwin right. Godwin. And then with yeah. Gronk's hurt right. with, with Bridge. But he'll, he'll be, be back. back. Yeah, he'll be back. Unbelievable. It's just, it just blows it's, my mind. It's remarkable what
1: Tampa bays you know, how they manipulate the salary cap. I mean, to be able to bring back all 22 starters on offense and defense, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Well, the Giants did the same thing. I thought they had no room for Kenny Galladay, and they signed him. So, I mean, I still don't understand, you know, the workings of the salary cap in professional football. It's very strange, you know. So. Well, you could
1: add on, like, you know, guaranteed $1 million for this year, and then you can, like— uh, defer payments and you can avoid years like I was trying to pay attention the other day to it and I just don't understand it like my father and I were both going how the heck do you do it it's it's just it's it's amazing what
0: they can do. I can't believe how much the Giant defense has regressed from last year. I mean, they stink. I mean, they stink. They And the other thing is they can't tackle. And that, to me, is coaching. I mean, if you can't tackle and they got Crowder calling plays now, 48. The guy, and they never can cut the edge. I mean, I'm so sick and tired of watching this every week. The same garbage. You know what? This is five weeks in a row that they've allowed a team to come down. First half, they tie the game. And Carl Banks talks about this every week. And I've talked to Carl. I talked to Feagles the other night, Jeff Fiegels. And I said, Fegels, what's with us every time they go down the stinking field at the end of the game? Make a play. Get off the field. This is going on forever. And like I said, it's Dave Gettleman, but this is past Dave Gettleman. This is about John Mayer keeping Jerry Reese too long with bad drafts and then hiring Gentlemen who hired Joe Judge. Joe Judge looks like he's over his head half the time with stuff, whether it's timeout, whether it's clock usage. I mean, it just drives me crazy. It's really bad. I heard, and, that,
1: I heard that Joe Judge was like a military. Uh, oh, you my know, God. Like he, he wouldn't give players numbers. He was
0: making coaches run laps. Do you ever it, listen it, to his it, press it, conferences? He's awful. Oh, my God. Awful. M- Maggie Gray described him the other day as a glorified gym teacher. That's what he sounds like. He has no personality. It's just the same monotone response. I got to look at film, blah, 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 blah. It's like, Joe, I'm tired of hearing about this crap. How about teaching your team how to tackle for crying out loud? If if,
1: if you don't win, the process isn't going to
0: be trusted. The process. I'm I'm so sick
1: and tired. That's the Philadelphia 76ers. Trust the process.
0: Please stop with it. I hate the process. That is the stupidest word. I'm so sick of it. I was wondering if I was going to trigger you with that word or not. That was was the point (laughs) of that. (laughs) It's not as bad as analytics, but it's bad. Anyway, 89.7 FM, Robbie Zirka, Sean Cronin here on a beautiful Tuesday, fall day up here in the Berkshires. And uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back and uh, give us a call, 445-4234. And uh, we'll be back uh, right after this message.
3: Press the music. button.
2: WTBR. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down?
3: Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Persia County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBRFM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated.
2: Go again. go
0: again. Excellent. I demand
2: more. 89.7
3: WTBRFL. It's field.
0: Welcome back to WTBR Pittsfield, right here at 89.7 FM in beautiful downtown Pittsfield, as we said. Four one three four four five four two three four. We got about maybe six, seven minutes to wrap it up. Sean, anything you want to talk about the Patriots game or anything in the NFL? I love the Charger game. That was fantastic. 47 42. When the kicker misses it and it's 42 41, I'm putting my hands over my head going, oh no, they're going to lose on an extra point. And the next thing you know, they got the ball. But anything you want to talk about in the NFL?
1: I think Buffalo is going to represent the uh, AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Just a complete demolition of the Chiefs. The Chiefs look mortal. Yeah, you know, would, two and three. They have the same yeah. record as the Patriots. I was the dummy.
0: I was the dummy that took Kansas City thinking They were going to bounce back, but their defense is just shot. Well,
1: they blasted them last year in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, they beat them by two touchdowns. Absolutely. And, and so, uh, just, uh, Josh Allen is just amazing. He just gets better and better every year. And uh, just Buffalo just looks
0: unstoppable. Yeah. Any questions about the uh, about the development of uh, Zach Wilson and then uh, the Jets? I mean. I don't know, man. It's a work in progress, you know. He's throwing nine interceptions, but but then again, you know, he's more touchdown passes than Allen had in his first what couple of games as a as a as a Buffalo Bill. So what? Do, what, 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 what? I'm sorry. Yeah, what, go ahead. What, what, what
1: is the NFL doing though? with These London games. Oh, I mean, they, they, they send the worst teams over there. You want to <laughs> get you want to get the, the people overseas, you know, across the other side of the pond, happy about football, you know, interested in football, and you send the Jets and the Falcons. I mean, come on. And Jacksonville plays a game over there every year. Maybe when uh, Jacksonville flies back home, maybe they'll leave Urban Meyer there, accidentally not have him fly back with the team. You know, which would be <laughs> the second time he's done
0: that this year. But maybe they'll do that on purpose. That would that would be fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just. I didn't get his decision. Really, I think he basically decided to take the money from from the ownership of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they're a horrible franchise. They really are. They've been bad a long time. And the owner ripped them. Oh yeah. Scathing.
1: Scathing. I mean, said that he, he lost the respect of the team, and he's got to earn it back. And I mean, Urban Meyer is a college coach, and you know, most college coaches that try to come to the NFL don't succeed. I mean, look at Nick Saban. He had a terrible two year stint with Miami. Right. I mean, I the only real. College coach that I can see that has really succeeded in the NFL is Pete Carroll, and, right, you know, right, he, right. He, he brought that raw rod, let's go style to
0: Seattle, and they bought in. Yes, but he also was a coach in the NFL before. He yeah, actually we went to USC the, as with, well with the Patriots, with the Patriots, right, with the Patriots yep. and then and then with the Jets for like I don't know, a minute, a minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's just uh, you know, uh,
1: college coaches don't seem to transcend that well to the NFL. It just doesn't happen. And, I think uh, it's, actually, you know. and it's just Irvin Meyer, I think, is going to be a disaster. And, they, and they, they've they got him for, what, five years they signed him for?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And they said that they were trying to find a way to fire him with cause, which means they don't have to pay him. And, you know, his, his little antics at the restaurant, we won't go delve into that on the radio, but, you know, there's probably enough evidence that they could get rid so of. It if the they to. So you at the restaurant? So
0: you at a restaurant this weekend, right? You were at you were over at, whatchamacallit, call watching the Patriots game. Yeah, I, How I got that place? I got some barbecue at
1: Fat Boys. Fat, on, where's on Fat Dal-
0: Boys? Dalton Avenue. It's oh, okay. a fantastic uh, it's a
1: fantastic uh, barbecue joint. Where's that Dalton Avenue? Where in Pittsfield? Pittsfield. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll and, let's and, check uh, it out, man. Brisket wings. They have all sorts they of great have brisket, stuff. brisket. Wow. Oh yeah. it's so. not kosher, though, right? <laughs> no. But my buddy's cousin owns the place. It's excellent. So cut breast of beef. That's what it is. Yes, sir.
0: We had to look it up the other day, right?
1: I can't believe we're going into week six of the NFL already. I know.
0: It's just unbelievable. It's, 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 it flies by. It goes fast. I know. It goes fast. I, I don't know. You know, I'm looking at the Rams. I'm looking at you know a couple of teams. Yes, Dallas has a lot of talent. Nobody's taking that away, but let them go out and beat a superior team first before they actually call themselves the, the kings of the NFC, okay?
1: You know who I feel bad and for. And I'm not a big
0: fan of Mike McCarthy's either, so. No,
1: I'm not either. And you know who I feel bad for is Dan the Man Campbell. Man Campbell, head coach of Detroit, two weeks in a row lost on a field goal, last second field goal, and he was crying at the press
0: conference. I'm oh like, do, you know, do you know that Minnesota was up by like 10 with like three minutes left, and they had to kick a winning field goal? They had to kick a field goal to win the game. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Minnesota's bad, too. They're not good either. D- I mean. D- d-
1: Detroit's going to be okay. I like Dan Campbell. I th- You know, he's out there talking about biting guys' kneecaps and things like that. I mean, he's, he's an animal, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's... Ah, uh, what what a year! I mean, there's always storylines in the NFL. I, mean, I, I could talk for three more hours about the
0: NFL. I really could. There's one organization that's just been horrible: the Ford family ownership of the uh, you know of the Detroit Lions, who have never been in the Super Bowl. I feel fan- really bad for the fans of Detroit. The rebuilding since 1957, Detroit Lions. Yes, and I met Bobby Lane years ago when I was at an NFL dinner. I actually met him, and of course he had a drink in his hand, you know, but. Uh, Yeah, my dad took me to this amazing NFL dinner. I didn't even know. He said to me, I got up from work. I was in college. I was 19. I get home from work. My dad says, put on a suit and tie. We're going to the right town Hilton. And I'm like, Dad, I'm tired. I just came home from work. He's like, no, just do it, right? So I get there. The first person I see is Earl Morrill. The next thing I know, I'm sitting across from Kyle Rote, sitting next to Sid Luckman, May you rest in peace. What a lovely guy. And sitting the opposite side of me, Jack Stroud, who played offensive line. But I met everybody. I met Otto Graham, and I met Jack Kemp, and Nick Bonaconti was there. I mean, and, and you know, even, uh, you know, Wellington Mara was there. I mean, it was just an amazing night. I was a 19. I was a kid in a candy store. And Bullet Bill Dudley was there, who I had no idea was in the Hall of Fame. My father goes, go over and ask Mr. Dudley for his autograph. I know who he is. I'm a 19-year-old kid. I walk up to him. He says, I said, Mr. Dudley, can I have your autograph? He says, Who the hell knows me here? How the hell does this kid know me? That's great. That's great. So, yeah. Anyway, boy, that hour went fast, huh? It sure did. Yeah. Thank you to everybody for calling, and thank you to the staff here. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, Jeff, and thank you, Matt. Thank you for putting up with me. (laughs) We'll be back next Tuesday. We'll take your calls. We'll start getting some hockey and some basketball previews. So, hopefully, I'll have my buddy Evan Vellante on, who's definitely the basketball guru here. So, anyway, till next week, take care of yourselves, feel good, and God bless, and uh, we'll see you next week.